Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. My name's Chris, and we're so glad you chose to hang out with us this morning. You know, I know you're not supposed to worry, but sometimes it's very difficult for me not to. I worry about my kids. I worry about my wife. I worry about my parents. I worry about the bills, whether we're going to be able to pay them. I I worry sometimes, are we going to help our kids through college or trade school or whatever they decide to do? Sometimes I worry about my friends, I worry about my family, I worry about this church. I worry about the schools that my kids go to, I worry about our country, I worry about our economy, I worry about the future. I don't know why it is, but sometimes, even though I know I'm not supposed to, I have a tendency to worry, and the reason why that often is is because I play the what-if game. What if this happened? What if that happened? What if something else happened? Can can anyone relate to this, or is this just, uh, just a Chris thing? Is that what it is? No, 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 no. Uh, I think you're right. Like, well, like, all of us understand this. And it's deeply rooted within us. In fact, this is how messed up I am. This morning, I woke up, I'm getting ready to teach on worry, and I was worried about this teaching. I was worried whether or not I would, you know, be able to share the way that it should be shared. Would I mess up? Would I say the wrong thing? Would I use the props right? Would I be able to actually come through on this? And most importantly of all, that somehow I wouldn't honor God the most and be able to help you to draw closer to Him. You know, the word worry comes from a German word, vergen, and what it means is to choke or to strangle. And that's what worry does. It actually chokes the life out of us. There have been times in which I have felt this strangle in my own life. And pretty soon I've had a tightness of chest or a upset stomach or I would go through the entire night worrying. It's, it's all due to worry. But again, is, is this just something that I deal with or, or do some of you deal with it as well? Is worry one of those things that you battle? Because I think for all of us, to some extent, we have some worries. So let me ask you this morning, what is it that you're worried about? Maybe for some of you, you're worried about your kids. Maybe you're worried about your finances. Maybe you're worried about your health. Maybe you're not worried about your own health, but you're worried about the health of someone else. Maybe for some of you, you're worried about a relationship that has been strained and whether it'll ever come back together. Maybe you're worried about your marriage. Maybe you're worried about being single. Maybe there's some other worry that is struggling, that you're struggling in your life. Well, God must have known that you and I would worry because throughout Scripture, there are tons of, of, of words that are given to us in God's Word that reminds us that we do not have to be a hostage to worry, but that we can actually trust God. And yet, it's much easier said than done. Romans 14.23 says this, Everything that does not come from faith is what? What's it say? It's sin. 
You know, I don't like that. I hate to admit it. But the reality is, is that worry is the opposite of faith. Worry is the opposite of faith and worry is a sin. So right up front, what I want to do is kind of give us a working definition of worry. And here it is. This is your first fill in for those of you on the stream and everyone here uh, with your program. And it's this. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God. Folks, whether you like it or not, worry is a sin. Worry does not come from God. Worry comes from the evil one. So... How do we know that fear or worry actually comes from God? Well, Scripture tells us this. Uh, it says this. For we, for we, that is you and I, every single one of us, for we know that God has not given us a spirit of, what's it say? Of fear. In other words, God has not given us you and I, a spirit of fear or anxiety or worry, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Worry does not come from God. God wants to give us a sound mind. The spirit of fear does not come from him. It comes from the evil one. And sometimes many of us are fully gripped by the hostage of worry. We become hostage to it. Now, what did Jesus say regarding this topic of worry? Well, he said this. Do not... What's the next word? Worry. He said, do not worry. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Then he says, is not your life more important than food? And the body more important than your clothes? You know what? I did a a study uh, in this series, and every time that you see worry in the Bible, almost every single time, you know what the two words are before it? Do not! You've been reading your Bible. That's good. It says, do not, do not, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about your physical life, your emotional life, your mental life, your spiritual life, your financial life. Do not worry about anything. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Be happy. God started that, not Bobby McFerrin. God did. He said, don't worry. Be happy, man. And the reason he says this is this. Jesus says these words because you have a father in heaven who loves you, who is for you, and he always has your back. And yet the problem is, is that sometimes many Christians do what I often do. And that is when they go to bed at night, they do the what if game. What if something bad happens to my kids? What if our house burns down? What if I get cancer? 
What if I don't get cancer, but someone that I love gets cancer? What if I can't pay the bills? What if something happens to our car? What if something happens to my job? And what if, what if, what if, what if? And it turns our souls into knots. It turns our stomach into knots. And worry actually has issues that affects us medically. There are connections that I read with studies to worry and headaches. Maybe you've experienced that before. Worry and high blood pressure. Worry and ulcers. Worry and stress. Worry and having physical limitations because of that. And the truth is, we simply have become a hostage to worry. Folks, for most of my life, I'm just confessing today, I have been a chronic worrier. I have been a person who worries about many things, but through the power of God and through his presence over the past few years, I have been able to really find some victory in this by learning to have a sound mind. Now, I haven't fully arrived in this. I'm still a worry war at times, but God has taken me a very long way when it comes to worry, to overcome this battlefield in my mind of worry. So for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is share with you three statements that you can use, three statements that you can use to stop the stranglehold of Worry. The first one is this. I will do what God asked me to do. That's your next fill in. I will do what God asked me to do. Repeat after me. I will do what God asked me to do. Yeah, I will do what God asked me to do. Every time that God asked me to do something, I will do what God asked me to do. Now here's the problem. Uh, with many Christians and followers of Christ. They have a tendency to kind of over-spiritualize their faith. And so uh, sometimes they'll be like, God is going to take care of everything. It's all going to be taken care of. He's fine with it all. It's all about him. Everything's going to be fine. God's going to take care of it all. And then they'll come to me and they'll be unemployed. And I'll say, well, what are you going to do about being unemployed? And they're like, oh, the Lord is going to provide for me. I'm just waiting on him. You're waiting on a job from the Lord. Yes. Have you applied anywhere? No. Have you done your resume? No. Have you networked? No. What are you waiting for? I don't know, but I'm waiting for the Lord to provide for me. Sometimes we see this with marriage. A person will come to me and they'll say, you know, I want to get married. I was like, okay. Well, let me ask you, have you gone on a date? No. Have you got on one of the dating websites to try to get a date? No. Have you gotten out of your house lately? No. Well, how do you think you're going to get married? The Lord is going to bring me my spouse. Okay. Financially, I'm struggling right now financially. Okay, what are you going to do with that? Well, I'm going to wait for the Lord to allow me to win the lottery. And that's their thought process. 
Folks, God doesn't want you to live in denial. God is trusting you to do what you can do. Do the things that you can do. I mean, if you have a health issue, you should maybe eat better or exercise or go to the doctor. You can do that. Students, some of you started this week or you will be starting this next week. An exam will come and when that happens, what are you to do? Study. Like study. Actually study, study, study. Not get on, you know, the social media or video games or whatever. If you're in debt, what could you do? You could have a budget. You could go to Financial Peace University. You could actually do some things. You can do some things. You do what God would ask you to do. Jesus' brother James said this, Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves, but what's it say? What's it say? Do what it says. Do what it says. Now, what is it that God is asking you to do? Well, I don't know. God may ask you to do some specific things. But I think generally there are two things that God usually has us to do. And the first one is this. To think right thoughts. For you to think right thoughts. To think on the right things. God is going to ask you to do the right things. The problem is, is that for you and I, many times what we have is what I call stinking thinking. We have these thoughts that come to our head and it just stinks. And we get involved in that and we start worrying and we get very consumed by that. And when you do that, you have to have this thought, is this really from God? And that thought is not from God. There's a scripture that over the past 10 years I've memorized and I've tried to use whenever stinking thinking goes in my head. And it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And it says this. It says, I capture every thought and I make it obey Jesus Christ. I capture every thought and I make it obey Jesus Christ. Every time there's runaway fear or worry or anxiety that's going on, I try to remind myself, I make this thought give up and obey Jesus Christ. I can do that. You can do that. Every time there's a thought, no, 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 I I take this thought, I capture it, I make it give up and obey Jesus Christ. So the next time you're doing a project at work or maybe you're at school and you're like, I'm going to bomb this, this is going to be horrible, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. You go, no, 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 no. That's not God's thought. I'm going to have right thoughts. I'm going to capture this thought and make it give up and obey Christ. Well, I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to battle anxiety. I'm always going to be messed up. No, 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 no. I capture that thought and I make it obey Jesus Christ. And then there are scriptures that are added to it. Things like this. God is working all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I love God. And because I love God, he tells me that he's going to work things out for my good. I may not see it right now, but in time, God is going to work it out for me. My oldest daughter, Jordan, has battled anxiety uh, at different times in her life, and especially in elementary school. 
And you wonder where she gets that from, right? And so I was like, well, we need to turn this around. And so we put up a scripture in her room and she has it on a few of her t-shirts and she has it in her locker. She started school this week and it's in her locker and the, and the scripture says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And she puts that in her head and she retrains her mind and that's what you and I have to do. When we feel the stranglehold of worry, we've got to retrain our mind. I mean, if you can train your mind to worry about something, you can untrain it and to train it to focus on something else. So we're going to ask God, we're going to do what God asks us to do. We're going to think on the right things. And the second thing is we're going to do what is wise. I'm going to do what is wise. You know, this book right here is God's love letter to you, and it is a book of wisdom. There's tons of wisdom that's found there, and the scripture tells us to do what is wise. It actually teaches us to do what is wise. And so, for example, the the example I talked about work. Scripture says work's a good thing, and so there's a challenge that, hey, how do I work? Well, scripture would teach you that. Well, will help you to be wise. You you apply for a job. You look for something. You ask around for help. If you're having some parental struggles with your kids, if they're not being very kind or, or loving or, or judgmental, there's things that Scripture tells us to give us wisdom on knowing how to handle that. You could read a book on parenting. You could ask someone who's further along in parenting than you to help you. Maybe for others of you, it might be your marriage. You're worried about your marriage right now. You're sitting there, but you're anxious about it. You're overwhelmed. There's things that scripture can say, or you could go to counseling, or you could get in a small group and invite some people. But God gives us the ability to be wise. He gives us words from scripture to be wise. That would be the wise thing to do, to connect with it. Folks, you can do that. You can actually learn to be wise. And then there may be some more specific things, but generally God's going to ask you to think on right things and to do what is wise. So if you want to stop the stranglehold of worry in your life, the first thing is I will do what God asked me to do. I will do what God asked me to do. And the second thing is I will give to God what I cannot do. I will give God what I cannot do. I will do what God tells me to do or ask me to do, and then I will give to God what I cannot do. Scripture says this, give how many worries? How many does it say? All. Not a few, not some. Give all your worries to God because he what? What's it say? Cares. He actually cares about you. Give all of your worries to God because He cares for you. The problem is, is that many times we just don't believe it. Let me explain it this way. You and I do exactly the same thing when it comes to worry. You do what I do. We have this big box 
of worry. This gigantic box of worry. This is happening and that's happening and this thing and that thing and it's all there. And in a moment of faith, we come to ourselves and we say this. We say, God, I'm going to take this worry. God, I'm taking it and I'm giving it to you. Take it, Lord. Take it. Okay, God, you didn't do enough. I'm taking it back. And that's what we do. And you and I have a tendency to do that. Do you know what I'm talking about? We tend to take it back all the time. And why do we do that? The problem is, is this. That our worries are too big and our God is too small. And so what we need to do is to get a bigger God and smaller worries. You need a bigger God and smaller worries. Now, this God box right here is something some of you might think about actually getting in your own house. It doesn't have to be this nice, but it could be like my God box. Okay? Uh, we have a trusting God box in our kitchen. And it says trusting God. And what we do is we have papers and pencil that's right there. And every time that there's a worry, we have to write it down and come and put it in the God box. For you, maybe it's a shoe box. It doesn't matter what it is. But you could take this and place it there in the God box. And when you do that, you say, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm not going to consume it anymore myself. Whatever your worry is, whatever you're anxious about, whatever concern you have, you just put it in the God box. Maybe it's your 13-year-old daughter. Maybe it's your 25-year-old son. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a fear of the future. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's an issue with this person or a situation or something going on in your life. And you give it to God. And when you wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning, and I've done this before, and I'm worried about something, the rule in our family is you have to go to the God box, and you take it out. And you say, God, I don't think you can handle this, so I'm holding it. And we keep it to ourselves until you get to that point where you say, no, God, I'm trusting in you again. God, I don't think you can do it, so I'm taking it back. And I'm telling you, I've done this a few times, and all of a sudden it it challenges you to trust God. Because what does Scripture tell us to do again? We're told this. Give all your worries to God because He cares for you. And you know, the truth is, folks, is that it's not just that we give all of our worries to God, but we actually place our whole life in front of God and we say we are one with Him. And God, I trust Him with every single thing. We give it all to Him. Last thing. No matter what happens, I'm going to trust God. If you want to stop this stranglehold of worry 
to no longer be a hostage of worry, you need to say this statement, no matter what happens, I will trust God. Jesus said these words, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about what? What's it say? Tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. You know why you don't have to worry about tomorrow? Because God's already in tomorrow. God's already there. So you don't have to worry about. Now, maybe the biggest worries that we have as Americans is money. The almighty dollar is the thing that we get very concerned about. And we think to ourselves, do I have enough of these? And we worry about, uh, do we have enough to pay the bills, to be able to take care of our kids, to pay the house payment or the car payment or whatever. And so we get really worried about this and we trust God with a lot of things. We just don't trust him necessarily with this. And what happens is we hold it very tightly and we keep it to ourselves. And the question you have to ask yourself, do you want to be someone who trusts God with your money or not? Will I hold it tightly or will I have an open hand? Now, for the past 25 years, my wife Jennifer and I have been tithers. We give 10% to the things of the local church. And every single year, God's encouraged us to actually give more, to give an offering, to give more to the things that he's doing with us. And we do it joyfully and without regret. And a couple of years ago, I was thinking to myself, kind of arrogantly, man, I do this really well. I don't have an issue kind of worrying about this at all. And then a little girl came into our church who did something that blew my mind and it reminded me that maybe I worry about these a little bit more than what I think. A few years ago, there was a uh, couple in our church who their home caught on fire and lost everything. And some people in the church got together and they gave them furniture and clothes and finances. They did all kinds of stuff. And I shared this with the congregation that there was this need. And people, you guys are always generous with that. And people came out of the woodwork and they cared for this couple. And this little girl named Jada heard this as well. And she went to a level of not worrying when it comes to money that I've never gone to in my life. And I'd like you to check out her story right now. I think that sometimes life is really unpredictable. Sometimes it rains, sometimes it snows, sometimes it's sunny, and sometimes it's all three. Even though life is unpredictable, I still believe that God has a plan for us. The other day I was getting ready to go to the church skate party at Gibson's, and before we left to go, I heard my mom talking about a father and a daughter who had lost everything in a house fire. My excitement to go skating started to quickly go away. And all I could think about was the father and the daughter who just lost their house. I thought to myself, how can I help? What can I do that might make a difference? So I looked around my room, and there it was, my piggy bank. 
Now, I might not be the richest person in the whole wide world, but it was all that I had, and I wanted to give it to the family who had lost everything. So I took the money out of my piggy bank and told my mom that I wanted to give it to Pastor Chris so he could give it to the family that lost their house. No matter the size of the person and no matter the size of the situation, God can work through anything. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Personally, I don't know what God's plans are for me and my piggy bank, but I know it's something good that gives me hope for the family that lost their house. No situation is too big or too small for God. Folks, no situation that you're going through right now is too big or too small for God. And God wants to provide for you. And the thing that I've found often in my own life is that when it comes to money, though, I have a tendency to not be like Jada and to say, oh, I kind of hold something tight-fisted back. And one of the things that we're able to do each Sunday is to give a gift back to God for all that He's given to us. And maybe for some of you, the thing that you worry about the most is money, and you hold it so tightly, but if you'd learn to start to give, God may put provision in other ways in your life. And so one of the things that we encourage people to do is to think about what is it that I could give regularly and not worry about it, to trust God with that. And so we do it very easily on a JAR app where you can give each time. You can just download the JAR app on, uh, just go to the, the app store, the JAR Community Church. You have it there and you're able to do that. And as you do this over time, you don't become a hostage to the worry of money because you give to God first and you choose to trust Him with everything else. I give God my first and I trust Him for everything else. I give Him my best and I trust Him with the rest. And for some of you, maybe that's what you would do today. For others of you, maybe you've done the ability to not worry about money and giving to the things of God, but there's a relationship right now that you're worried about. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's with one of your kids. Maybe it's with a brother or a sister, a a daughter, a son. But you're struggling with that. Maybe for others of you, you're going through a health crisis right now and you're worried about it or you have someone in your life who's struggling with some health and you're worried about them and what's going on with them. I don't know what it is that you might be worrying about, but this is what I know. Our God is way bigger than our worries. And if you want to be able to no longer have the train, the, 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 the chokehold, the strangling of worry in your life. If you don't want to be a hostage to worry, then you start living these three statements. I do what God asked me to do. And what I can't do, I give to God. I give to God what I cannot do.
And then I trust God always. I choose to trust Him always. And no matter what, each day you can do those three statements. Let's pray. Loving Father, thank you so much for your presence that is here today. Help us to trust you in a new way this morning. Now, for some of you, maybe you're like me and you're a chronic worrier. You have a tendency to worry about other things. Maybe for others of you, you're not a chronic worrier, but you would say, you know what? There is some things that I worry about. Worry is an issue for me sometimes. And so with every head kind of bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, if worry is an issue for you, if there's something that you're overwhelmed with by worry right now, I'm going to ask you to do a bold thing for those of you on the stream, for you to do it as well, just to raise your hand, say, yep, there's something I'm really worried about, Chris, that I'm overwhelmed by. Let me pray for you. God, I pray right now for each hand that is lifted up. Would you remind them, God, that you are big and powerful. You are greater than any of their worry. And right now, whatever you're worried about, I invite you silently, not out loud, but just in your head to say, God, this is what I'm worried about. God, I'm worried about whatever it is. And I give it to you. I give this to you. I give it to you, God. I surrender it to you. I place it in the God box. And I ask that you would help me to trust you, not to take it back, but to trust you no matter what. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.